When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. Welcome you to Porch Talk. And I have uh, Brandon here from Dallas. But before we get going into the interview, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Scranton, Pennsylvania. And for those watching or listening, that's where, you know, the office was set. A CDC truck wreck that was hauling 100 monkeys, macaws. And uh, the lady... Uh, behind the truck stopped, I guess, to help. And now she has COVID-like symptoms that she's reporting. And the cops who wreck, work the wreck are saying uh, that they got a quarantine for uh, 31 days. And so, like, I don't know, you ever been, like, going down the interstate and, like, just, hey, there's a 18-wheeler that just wrecked uh, monkeys. I think I'm going to stop. Like, what's your what's your response, Brandon? Um, I mean, I don't know how you don't stop if I'm being honest. <laughs> You're right. It's like, holy crap, this is the day I get a pet monkey. Uh, right? I mean, that's that's the first thought is I'm taking one of these guys home. But, I mean, you got a rolling zoo right in front of you, and it just empties out into the highway. I mean, I'm, I'd am i be curious, right? <laughs> Ab- absolutely. And, man, just another thing before we get rolling is I grew up on Jurassic Park. And so now we're saying that uh, all dinosaurs used to have feathers. And so that doesn't make the T-Rex or the raptors. And now they're also coming out and saying, like, the raptors were the size of a chicken. And I was like, I'll take my Jurassic Park over this, okay? Yeah. (laughs) So you're taking the fear factor all out of this. Uh, Just ruining it. They have made Jurassic Park way more cute then. Yeah. It's like, look at these little chickens. Right. Well, man, let's get the show rolling. Tell the listeners and viewers about who you are, Brandon. Who are you? Well, my name is Brandon Callies. I'm a singer-songwriter uh, playing a, a band under my namesake. It's called Brandon Callies Band. And so uh, where are y'all based out of? Based out of, well, we split time between uh, Dallas and Austin, Texas. I lived in Austin for the better part of 14 years. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I moved back here around about a year and a half ago. I grew up in the, the Dallas area, a little bit east of Dallas. So um, the, the rest of the band is still based out of Austin. I'm there pretty frequently, um, you know, playing there and doing that whole thing. Yeah, uh, just to skip a little bit ahead, like why Austin uh, other than the vibrant music scene? I mean, how'd you wind up over in Austin? Was it school? No, I mean that's what it was. I, I grew. I, I was very unhappy with my situation at the time. 
um, living in my hometown. Um, just a, a string of bad things kind of happened. And so my mentality was it would be good for me to sort of do a fresh start, um, go somewhere where I didn't know anybody. Amen. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'd, I'd been to Austin a couple times before and really enjoyed it. And I knew about the arts and music scene and all that kind of stuff there. So it just seemed like, you know, it made sense. I went there one weekend. This was literally all in the span of about two weeks. I decided I was going to do it. I, uh, I went to visit Austin the next weekend and decided I was going to move there that, that weekend. And so the next week I moved there. <laughs> that's 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 really cool man so uh did you uh did you know somebody from austin or were you just touring it by yourself no man i just i, I went because i loved it and i mean i you know you you sort of knew people or I, I knew people loosely you know but not you know nothing real solid so it was it was very much on a whim and it was uncomfortable which i think is kind of what i was looking for something just to kind of shake life up a little bit you know that's definitely a thing. Uh, I remember I grew up in a real small town in Alabama. I'm back there now. It's called Kennedy. It's just west of Tuscaloosa, where they usually make national championships, but this year they decided not to. But um, I had went to uh, Shelton State, which is a community college in Tuscaloosa, and I was working in that field, and it just felt like, man, something's not right with my life. It wasn't like I was like, – like you said, it was like just – a few bad experiences back to back to where it kind of made me like ruffle my feathers. It's like, maybe I should move yeah. on. Yeah. But, uh, and I you decided know. to, I decided to move down to mobile Yeah. and you know, down on the coast and I didn't know anybody. So I was whoever I said I wanted to be, you know, and I could, I could be whoever I wanted to be. It was just yeah. a fresh start. That's exactly it too, man. Uh, you know, for me, it's just, you grow up and you grow up, especially me at, like I said, I'm I'm from east of Dallas, so the town's a little bit small. It's Greenville, Texas, the name of the town. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a small town when you grow up in a place like that. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's business. You know that's right. If your car broke down outside of Kennedy, news about your car breaking down would make it back to town before you did. Yep, <laughs> that's how small it is. Yep. So same. You you know that situation then, and so yeah. just good to to go somewhere where nobody knew a thing about me you know right on brother back it up how'd you get into music was it mom and dad listening to records or in the vehicle like how'd you get into music um the the oldest memory that i can really pinpoint was my my great grandpa was a polka player he invented an instrument called the boomba and so he what's going on here yeah he was uh based out of wisconsin it's like a percussive instrument built out of he lived really close to the pabst brewery in Milwaukee. And so they, they would give him these beer trays. Uh, there you go. <laughs> they would give him their beer trays just because he was like a sort of a local celebrity. He played in all these polka bands and, uh, he built this percussive instrument out of beer trays and played in bands with it. So he was in polka wow. band. I used to go there every summer and watch him, uh, play music. And he lived to be in his, uh, mid to late nineties. I mean, he died at 96. That's and, a good life. Oh yeah. And I just remember seeing him. I mean, I was going up there, you know, two years before he passed and he was still dancing and driving fast and playing music, you know? So, I mean, I think maybe you sort of, or at least my 
takeaway was, you know, this sort of music thing, this passion that he had was the thing that sort of kept him young. I it think. was his live blood, right? It was the live blood. And, and so that, you know, really resonated with me and, and where I didn't pick up polka at all, that was never a, a thing that I was really interested in. Um, I think that's where the sort of the train of thought came from because my family's not an artistic or musical family at all. Okay. And so like, what was your, uh, were you like eight or nine when you first started going up there to Wisconsin? Yeah. Around about somewhere about that 10, 10 year old mark, you know? Yeah. And so like, what would be your first instrument that you asked for? It's like, I gotta have a guitar or was it drums or what was it? Well, it was a guitar. Um, particularly, I think the, the thing that really got me going was there's a, a band called the Smashing Pumpkins. I don't know if you have them. Oh, Billy Corgan. Yeah. So, and, uh, oh, this is a, and you know, the story is, uh, we, we have what we call the Billy Corgan chord. Yeah. And then like anytime you hear it, like silver sun pickups is like, is that Smashing Pumpkins? No, it's not. Who's ripping Billy Corgan off? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember seeing on MTV for the first time the Butterfly Wings music video. And I do mm -hmm. remember seeing it and going, man, that dude can't sing all that well. He's ugly and he's still cool, you know? Oh, he's freakishly tall, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that seeing that it was really the second thing that kind of made me go, all right, I, you know. That feels like, and, uh, you know, soon after that is when I asked for my first guitar. My parents bought me 13 years old for Christmas, so. Man, that's cool. And so, uh, was that around, like, the time of, like, the dawn of YouTube and, like, Ultimate Guitar, or, like, were you self-taught, or what, 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 how'd you go about learning it? I, I took, I took lessons for about a month, mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, like any kid with a short attention span, I just didn't have it in me to like, you know, just sit there and work on the same stuff over and over and over that a teacher's telling you to do. So the teacher was great. Um, but I think, you know, my path was just to kind of take it and figure out, you know, sort of my own way around it. And being I like an alternative rock and punk music, you know, you can figure all that out. Absolutely. Uh we have a very similar story. Uh, I told my grandmother when I was 15 that I wanted to play guitar after seeing my uh, one of my best friends play the school talent show. He mm. played uh, Proud Mary by Credence Clearwater Revival, and it just blew my hair back, you know. And uh, we're going upstairs. It was D.C. Music here in Columbus, Mississippi. It's, it doesn't exist anymore. But upstairs, uh, they would teach guitar, like classically train you. And I'd done that for about two months, and I was like, nah, I want to rock. And this was around the time of, uh, you know, YouTube and uh, Ultimate Guitar was coming out. So you could definitely be self-taught. And I had surrounded myself with people who play guitar. Like, literally everyone I was hanging out with could play. And so uh, it, was, it was always a race. Like, who could be the best guitarist? Who's the best lead guitarist? Who could write a song? And uh, we had a lot of fun with that in high school. And it was back to those MTV days. Uh, you remember Make Damn Sure by Taking Back Sunday? That yeah. video where he had the microphone cable going around his neck. Yeah. And, uh, man, you know, that was just what a time to be alive, right? Yeah. To put the, uh, the story back on you, when would you begin to make the transition 
to form in a band or were you a singer songwriter first or like how did you transition into going out and playing uh shows um well i remember some friends of mine already had a band it was like a heavy metal band and i wasn't really good enough at the time to to play an instrument in a band like that and so i just was the sort of lead screamer and so okay. yeah I, uh, I i was in a couple bands where i was screaming my head off and then um a band asked me to come in it was another heavy band and play bass and um so that was the first sort of foray into music was just like coming into an existing band and yelling and then i i sort of found my, my voice and how to play you know within that um because as you get older that you know your voice tires out sooner and, yeah was you a system of a down fan uh w- yeah when they first came out and then i just kind of stopped was, paying attention yeah it was uh it was on that very first record that Serge tanky and blew his vocal cords out and like mm-hmm. he like there's a big difference like when you listen to that first album versus the rest of what they done and even his solo stuff it's like he had yeah. to learn he had to change everything that he did which it was it was kind of cool seeing him transition it was like you back to billy corgan for a second it's like guy can't sing but yeah. uh <laughs> somehow made it yeah well, it's <laughs> a, lucky that i can sing at all with the way that i used to to scream like that i mean i used to have no range it, it took a lot of reworking rewiring some stuff in my voice you know how'd you find that uh like range i had a buddy of mine down in mobile he just challenged himself like if he could play the song in the key of a he would you know move the capo up a whole key and then start trying to sing in the key of b and like at first it was like dude stop it sucks and then like (laughs) it was like just one day it worked and yeah. it was like holy crap this guy has got range like how did it work for you um so i had somebody challenging me um it was i was playing in bands for a while and then it was a, a situation where there was a band that i had found myself without a band and then another band was going on tour they were going to be gone for like three or four months and the guitar player was the guy that sang everything on their album, but he didn't want to be the vocalist anymore. Mm-hmm. So I came in and said, you know, I'd love to do it. So the thing that was laid out before me was like, I had to figure out how to sing this album. And I mean, he had a really high range, you know, he, he wrote everything. He wrote all the lyrics and melodies. So it made me have to figure out real quick <laughs> how to, how to sing like that without losing my voice right on <clears throat> and so just going from uh playing in other people's bands like when would you uh begin to come out writing your own music really when i came to austin if, if i'm being honest um i'd always just been kind of you know part of a band and maybe helped write a little bit um mm-hmm. came to austin like i said i didn't know anybody coming here and um you know, so it, I, I couldn't really, I couldn't really do anything other than write my own songs and play acoustic, you know? Um, so I just, it's that will thing. If you want to, you know, I wanted to play the 
a means to an end, I guess, what I'm, I'm getting at. Yeah, yeah. So uh, are you proud of the first song you wrote still? First song I wrote? Probably not, because I don't <laughs> I can't. I can't remember it, but um, yeah. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with no. <laughs> and man, I gotta say, uh, just you know, since we've uh, reached out via email and uh, just getting to know each other and getting this uh, show set up, just getting familiar with the music that you have on YouTube, and uh, I don't know where you started, but you're you're headed in a great direction. Like, uh, man, I, I've I've always loved what comes out of Texas. Like whether it's you know uh, that Texas dirt, or whatever is happening at Austin city limits, or whatever is you know Dallas or Austin, whatever they're doing, it just it's good stuff. Yeah. And like the way, uh, and I don't, you could help me out here, but the way that I describe it to people was like, I don't know what Texas did, but they took the blues from Mississippi and Memphis, and the rock i guess of texas and blended it and it's just it's a very beautiful thing whether it's uh maybe if it is more texas dirt or maybe more country or even if it's like bluesy rock like whatever it is if it's got texas on it it's probably dope yeah yeah it's a bit of a melting pot especially i mean when you get into austin um yeah people come from all over you got so i mean it's everybody learning from everybody um which is cool yeah like and with just some of the big names around that area you have like uh will johnson uh i think erica winterstrom of the heartless bastards is still uh in the austin area uh i couldn't imagine just being in the same town as those guys and possibly interacting jimmy vaughn's out there gary clark jr um yeah so yeah there's some great stuff yeah. So, uh, I mean, right now, let's bring it up to the day is uh, tell us a little bit about your band and the sound for those uh, who may not be familiar. Um, you know, it's kind of a I'm a I'm a big Tom Petty fan. And so I think I always just refer back to that. I got that vibe. Yeah. Um, what's the uh, what's the name of the song or the music video where you're in the car? Um, I'm not there. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Tom Petty vibes right there. Yeah, I, uh, I I love Tom Petty, and I you know I got to see him, I mean a few months before he passed, um, which was really really great. But uh, yeah, I mean I think it all spawns from that. I I remember you know seeing Tom Petty, um, you know Wildflowers came out when I was a teenager, you know probably fourteen something like that. And so I was in the throes of being into heavy metal. But even when I was, you know, listening to Slayer and all that kind of stuff, something about, you know, those Tom Petty songs uh, were, it it still resonated with me. I still dug it. Uh, So I think that was kind of maybe a foundation for like the sort of songwriter uh, part of me. And it just kind of spawns out from there, man. You know, I love... I love Wilco and a lot of indie music and stuff like that. And so I think that all just, I pull from all of it. I think the heavier ended rock stuff is, uh, you know, very much Black Sabbath. And I love all that. So it's, I just kind of cherry pick, you know? Yeah. I put it all together. Yeah, right on. Where, uh, where was that Tom Petty show at? 
Do you remember? That uh, the uh, Frank Irwin Center. Okay. Man, that's cool. That was one thing I, I didn't get to do before he had passed. And uh, he was, you know, just one of the all-time greats. And it was the first girlfriend I had when I was old enough to drive. She actually introduced me to Tom Petty. It was uh, the first time I ever drove to her house. Uh, she had made me a, a burnt CD of like 20 of her favorite Tom Petty songs, which is a ridiculous thing to say that you have 20, you know, favorite yeah. songs by one guy. That's pretty that's pretty impressive yeah yeah I mean, that old florida boy man he's something else yeah well if that girlfriend didn't do anything else right she did she did that thing right <laughs> yeah that, that was that was a definitely a good influence uh yeah. i wanted to talk to you a little bit about the uh, texas scene uh as it stands today are you out uh playing shows and getting back out now or what's it look like yeah, I, I was lucky enough to be able to sort of weather the storm and keep going throughout the whole thing. I picked up a gig right when I moved back to the area in Dallas at a place called Sundown at Granada, and they've got a uh, an outdoor patio. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I booked that show before I even moved back, and it was just supposed to be a one-off thing, and then they asked me to start up a residency. So because I was doing that every week, uh, people started catching wind that I was doing these outdoor patio shows. So all these other places were popping up with, you know, outdoor, outdoor things. And I just became, I think, kind of the logical person asked to do it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, uh, right place, right time, right? Right place, right time. Man. And I, you know, stayed very busy um, doing that kind of stuff, outdoor stuff. And um, I honestly, the, the main year of COVID last year was, one of my busiest years i stayed really really busy i wasn't traveling as much i mean i we we used to tour every year and that didn't happen last year but i mean as far as being out and playing it was a lot so how long has the band been under your namesake um i think i released my first ep in oh oh nine i want to say mm-hmm uh after that is when I, I came to Austin and just started kind of piecing together a band. So, yeah. And, like, I want to ask you about your process for, like, the music videos. Uh, like, how, where do those ideas kind of come from? You know, you, you have the one where it's kind of filmed at that bar where I'm imagining where the outdoor residency was. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the one in the car is like, is it just kind of how you feel about the song or it's like, how's the idea come up or? Well, I work with really good people. So a lot of times I don't have to think of anything. <laughs> I've, got, I've got video folks that run it. And typically, you know, I may come to somebody with an idea, but a lot of times I'll just, I'll work with these great video guys that hear the song and say, this would be cool. You know, if we, we do this. And so I think, Honestly, all the videos off of this newest album that we've put out, I mean, we've put out, I think, four music videos. They've all been in the hands of the videographer. It was kind mm -hmm. of their show, and they, they ran it. Right on, man. And so, like, tell me a little bit about touring. Uh, where's, uh, where's one of the coolest places you've been, or, like, just some of the memorable stops along the way, just outside of Texas, like, as far as you're traveling? Um, I think one of the most memorable times that I had was Madison, Wisconsin. Um, 
we went up there and we had, uh, I mean, when you're signing yourself up to do tours, especially, you know, we were, we went out, the label put us on a tour and it was, that tour particularly was like, it was three bands from the record label. So the issue with that is, is nobody's local, you know what I mean? And so you're not, you're not necessarily drawing these huge crowds. So what you're hoping is that, you know, it's a good spot and, you know, some people know who you are and, um, you know, but there's kind of a built-in crowd or whatever. That's what you hope for. And sometimes mm -hmm. that works very well and sometimes it doesn't. And uh, we had just, we had had a couple nights, you know, some of the nights were great, but then there was a couple of back-to-back -back nights that were just really shitty. <laughs> and uh, we get to Madison and did this outdoor um, festival thing and it was really great. I mean, there was a few thousand people at that thing. And then, wow. they had, yeah, they ended up announcing at the festival, the DJ, you know, announced that we were going to be over at this venue later that night, which was an outdoor venue downtown in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And I'll be damned if they didn't show up. I mean, there was a, a ton of folks showed up and it just, the weather was perfect. It was just kind of one of those. One of those magic nights, you know. How did you get hooked up with the label you're on, though? Well, I uh, they saw me play at, at a place called the Curtain Club in Dallas, Texas, and they were wanting uh, to sign the band after they saw us. And it solidified it. I, uh, I submitted the artwork for the EP that we were going to release on the record label, and, and they asked me, you know, who did the album art. And I said, well, I did it. And they said, Match Made in Heaven, the name of the record label is Hand Drawn Records. So, nice. It, it, yeah, it kind of worked out. So, I mean, I've, I've always done all my, my own artwork for all my albums have, and stuff like that. Have you been drawing and doing artwork uh, your whole life, or how'd that oh, start out for you? Oh, yeah, my whole life. Um, but, uh, you know, so it, it was a Match Made in Heaven with them because that's what they were doing for their artists, you know, they were doing for the hand-drawn covers and, and all that kind of stuff. It's funny because when I tell people that I'm on a hand-drawn records, people just assume that it's my record label because everything I do is hand-drawn. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. So uh, I, I wanted to dig into uh, songwriting with you. Uh, you can pick a particular song. Uh, like At the end of the show, I would love to share one of your songs if you'll email me one over so people can hear it. And if you have that song in mind, uh, I wanted to uh, pick your brain on songwriting. Is it, you know, is it on the guitar first of like, you know, kind of coming up with the structure and what it's going to sound like? Or is it the words and melody? How does that come together for you? It's, uh, it's different every time, if I'm, if I'm being honest. Sometimes a melody will pop into my head and I can create, a, you know, a chord structure around that melody. Um, but sometimes I'll have a progression first or like a little lick, you know, there's a song on the new album called No Good. And that started off with just this little guitar lick and the whole thing was built around that, you mm -hmm. know, sometimes it's just a, a concept. There's something that I want to talk about or whatever that pops into my head and, and it will just kind of come out that way. Yeah. So, I mean, we need to collaborate on like the monkey truck and I think that'll be, that'll definitely be a hit. Sometimes. There you go. <laughs> 
See, I, I'm just a, I'm just a whale of good ideas here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> or how uh, Jurassic Park ain't what it used to be. I can see it now. It's like an old Hank Williams song. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna have to start calling it. There's gonna be a new movie for kids called My Little Jurassic Park. That's it. It's like look at all these little chickens with teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, don't pet it. It might get your finger. I bite you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, man, I, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the future, like uh, just maybe, and I don't know how far you can project out, but what have you got going on with the band uh, in the near future? Are there venues that, are you still holding residency or where can people uh, find you? Um, I don't have that residence anymore. Um, that That thing got cut off, but I still am, am playing pretty pretty frequently. Um, we we do full band shows, not a lot of traveling. I say not a lot of traveling. We do regional stuff. So Austin, Houston, San Antonio, uh, Dallas. You know, we sort of make that circuit, um, and we hit those areas relatively frequently. Um, and then I just play a lot of acoustic stuff. Yeah, I got you. And uh, what about uh, the socials? And we'll plug this again at the end, but I wanted to go ahead while I'm thinking about it. It's like, uh, how can people uh, uh, follow you on social media? Like, what app are you uh, on the most, I guess? Everything is at Brandon Callies. So Instagram.com forward slash Brandon Callies. Uh, Twitter, all that stuff is just at Brandon Callies. And we'll uh, we'll plug that again at the end. I wanted to go back to uh, just your grandpa for a second. You said like there was no music in your family other than him. Yeah. And like, I mean, I, I'm just like, what is polka like for those listening? Uh, and for myself, I'm I'm not real familiar with that. It it is very much a German style type of music, um, which is my family's German. Um, but it's still popular up north. Uh, Wisconsin, I mean, Milwaukee, I believe, is kind of the polka capital. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know how you'd explain it, but you've seen these people before. They're wearing, like, lederhosen. It looks so nerdy, man. <laughs> we actually do, like, a. am at my buddy's bar here. We do that here, like, with the mugs and the yeah. I don't get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I do know what it is. So, yeah. yeah. I was I was just thinking back on that. I was like, "What in the world is polka?" Yeah, it's your regular, <laughs> your regular instruments. You got your guitar, bass, and drums in there, but then you also got accordions, you know. And that's dope. Yeah, it's rid of that. Yeah, it's got that rhythm that you know that type deal. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I can just see. It. I see why he lived at such an old age. Then he's moving, dancing. I'm telling that's you, that's it. That's how you stay healthy, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. And I, I think another thing, like, and this might be, uh, you know, true with him or, you know, true with uh, you as well. It's like when you get to do something that you love, I mean, yeah, that's the old saying, right? You never work a day in your life. That's right. Yep. You got to have a passion. You got to have something that drives you, makes you, you know, motivates you, I think. Um, I think maybe that's the, the key to longevity if you still got drive and passion. What was life like before uh, music began to take off for you? Was it just like a nine to five that you hated? Or? Um. Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I. 
I uh, was working at a, a books and music store for for a long time called Hastings. I don't know if, if y'all had one near y'all. We did um, not. But there was, you know, it was not not the coolest place in the world. But the you know the one good thing is I I my met my fiance at at that at that place. So that was my good takeaway. You can't beat that then. No. Um, and just while I have Texas here with me, is uh, is the hype on Whataburger true? Because we had we have we just started getting them here. Like the first time I ever had it was in Mobile. They have one in Tuscaloosa now. Uh, is that in fact a Texan's favorite fast food? Um, I can speak for most people. I'd say resounding yes. People, I mean, it is. It's. Texas is partially known. A lot of people, when you are not in Texas, when they find out you're from Texas, that's a question that they have. You know, it, it truly is. And I, I never thought about this. So uh, when I was in Mobile, I went to the University of Mobile. I was in the music program, and that's when I realized, like, I'm a really small fish and not that talented. Because we had, we had these guys from uh, Texas, dude. They're they're hilarious, and I don't know if they still do it, but like. In those days, they had, you know, the videographer and the the music was really well done. And they were, you know, I think two of two of the three of them were from Texas. And they put together like this Whataburger song. And that's when I realized, I was like, I think Texans, I think they really like Whataburger. Yeah. Because he's like, don't you dare diss Whataburger. I know, man. People, <laughs> they will get mad if you say anything bad about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man, uh, just a couple more questions. What advice would you give uh, to someone uh, wanting to get into music, whether, you know, it was like you who kind of found their way through metal bands and screaming or, you know, just picking up that guitar and just being self-taught, like just looking back on the years now, what would you say? Um, I mean, hard work, you know. Um, I just don't think there's any tricks to it. I think you have to have a, a drive for it. And I think that you get what you want or you get the most out of it when you work hard and are, are as active as you can be. Put yourself in uncomfortable situations as much as you can, you know. Absolutely, man. And I was thinking about this, you know, with the podcast. And, dude, it was such an honor to open up the email and see that, I mean, you were there. And I was like. It, it really meant a lot to me. I was like, someone from Texas knows about the show. I was like, yeah. this is this is awesome. And just apart from podcasts, it's like, this is going to be one of my biggest years with my music. Like, I've it's, it, January's coming to a close. Here comes February, and I'm about to start playing shows almost every weekend. This has never happened for me. So I think a lot of people, uh, th th I, don't, I don't think they think about this. They don't think about the work. It's like I've been writing songs and playing them for twelve years off and on. Like you don't you don't think about okay, he grinded for twelve years before he got to this place. Yeah. And this is not even where I want to be, but I'm thankful for where I'm at at the moment. It's yeah. like it's a it's a grind. You have to keep grinding. Yeah. If you really want it. And it's not like one day I woke up and it was like, I'm dude, I'm John Mayer. Yeah. It's, it's like uh I had a, a buddy of mine from Birmingham on it. We, we got to talking about like that, uh, quitting the guitar lessons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and his response was, 
you know, I hate to sound like your grandmother, but it's it's the meat and potatoes. You've yeah. got to put that work in. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, you had a uh, you had a guitar slinger on there. He's a buddy of mine, I, I believe. His name's Frenchy. Frenchy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if that was the connection because uh, I reached out to Frenchie and told him about you. I was like, did you have anything to do with this? Because I was excited about it. So how did you meet Frenchie? Um, I've known him for a minute. Um, he he plays with Jack Ingram, um, plays guitar for him. Um, so, I mean, we'd known each other for a little while, but then he kind of randomly one day contacted me and asked me if I would do artwork for his album. So, okay, that's kind of coming together for me now because, like, I've seen the two, some of your art, and then his album. Like, yep, that makes sense. Any anything you see, um, art wise, coming from him, their shirts and their album art and all that stuff, that's all me. So that's cool, man. Me and him have. What had, about your tattoos? Did you draw those up? Yeah, that's all me. <laughs> yeah, cool. But anyway, uh, back to uh, Frenchie. I'd like to. To uh, I bet his ears are burning right now, but uh, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> back to him. Uh, so y'all ever uh get double booked and play together, or how's that work out for you? Odd, we never have. And Frenchie, he moves around a lot, so there have been these odd times. He's like, the stars will align, and we'll be living in the same city at the same time. Like Austin, he ended up living in austin for a little bit while i was there mm -hmm. um and then moved to fort worth when i moved to the dallas area um so it's funny how that all worked out and we would meet up and stuff but we never shared a, a build together oh um, man oddly enough but i mean i would assume there's a lot of left life or life left in both of us so surely one of these days i really enjoyed uh the episode I had him on and just, just talking to him, you know, a little bit at a time since then is, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom in Frenchie and there's, there's a lot of stories in Frenchie and like, uh, man, I, I, I love talking to that guy. It goes back to making yourself uncomfortable. That guy moved here with a backpack on his back and a guitar. Yeah. From France. Hooked, hooked up with Shooter Jennings and, and that's how that all worked out for did, him. That's did you funny. hear that new, uh, Yellow Wolf and Shooter Jennings song? Uh-uh. I'll send, okay, so like Shooter, he's he's just playing guitar on it. It's just mm -hmm. it's Yellow Wolf, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he's he's a rapper. He's yeah. not rapping on this; like he's actually singing. And I gotta say, it's probably one of my favorite songs of this year so far. And yeah. I can't confirm or deny it, but I think they're gonna be working together. I think they got. I don't know if they're doing a whole album together, but I, I know that there's at least one more song. It's really good. I'll send it to you when uh, we get off the phone. That's cool. It is cool. And it, like the whole time, like Yellow Wolf is like, there's just a lot of people. The music video is just insane. Yeah. There's, there's this long line of people and they're all holding like crowbars or a chain or a hammer. And he's just getting his ass whooped the whole time. <laughs> like one by one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really, it's a cool concept. And like Yellow Wolf is from Alabama. And so I've got I've got some respect for him because he's an Alabamian. And then I saw that he had hooked up with uh, Shooter Jennings because like over his career, he's worked with like Travis Barker and, and some different types. But I was like, Yellow Wolf and Shooter Jennings, that's that is really interesting. Yeah. 
And, uh, I mean, I've got a buddy. We do a show called Untapped and Vinyl. And uh, he personally knows Shooter. Like, uh, I'm hoping to get him on sometime. So this this is good getting to know you and Frenchie. So, like, I'll be like, might drop a name. Be like, tell me a little bit about uh, old Frenchie. You know yeah. that, old, that old guy from France? He'll, he'll get to talking about it. He will. <laughs> He's brought up Frenchie in a few different uh, podcasts and things that, that I've heard him on so he's he's very fond of them still yeah cool man so uh what about you is like there has there been any kind of that like celebrity moments for you like through the years oh yeah man i met a bunch of people i, well, I met I, I worked for a, a magazine for a little while so i got to meet a bunch of people through that like i met i got to meet phil anselmo from pantera which was a big thing for me oh wow um interview him um but i met randomly after one of his talking shows you know henry rollins from black flag oh um, yeah and, and dude he is infamous for giving people bad interviews did you get a good one well i didn't i didn't interview him oh okay um i just i went to so he makes his living now just doing talking shows he doesn't do music anymore and so i saw one of those and i got hung up i had a friend there that was working the show she was uh a video person you know so she was kind of filming the whole thing and so i was talking to her for a little while and i left out the back and as i'm walking to my car there's henry rollins walking to his van oh black flag look at there <laughs> and so he saw me looking at him funny like i wanted to say something and but didn't you know and yeah so he was cool enough to kind of notice that and and you know be like hey man and uh you know, so I talked to him for a minute and he was nothing but pleasant, you know, and I know that I got one of the good, the good meetups because I do hear, I think you just, it depends on when you catch him because I've heard that he can be kind of a jerk to folks, but he was mm -hmm. super cool to me. So uh, it's one of my favorite YouTube channels to watch. Uh, it's this Canadian cat. His name is uh, Nardwar. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with him? Yeah. The green dude. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, like, he's he's had, like, Henry Rollins, I think, three times. And the first time, like, Henry was just a complete jerk. But that's just who Henry was in, in that time. It was like, he didn't want to talk to interviewers. Yeah. You know, it, it was like that Johnny Rotten kind of thing about punk. It's like, don't ask me about my music. Listen to it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. My takeaway from him was that he, I think, likes interacting with people that are actually, you know, fans. So... I think that's maybe why he shies away from the whole, yeah. you know, publicity side of it. Um, but the one thing that true Henry Rollins sort of came through when um, he, there, my friend was walking by. And so I got a picture with him. Right. And right, right then I give like a thumbs up or something like that. And he cracked a smile in the picture. Oh, that's and cool. So, he said retake that picture and I, oh, that's a good picture he said i can't be smiling in a picture man. <laughs> yeah i'm too punk rock for that yeah too hard <laughs> uh, that's cool man uh so uh man uh three more questions and we will uh walk this out the door is uh man uh just pop culture is uh what is your you can do a top three Favorite movies? Favorite movies. Quentin Tarantino is the first thing that comes to my mind. Oh, dude, we just became best friends. 
Yeah, I I love it. I'm interested in anything that he puts out. Um, Is it only going to be one more movie, though? I hope not. I hope not, too. Because, you know, I loved Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But it's like a lot of these directors like that, they kind of, you know, as they get on in their career, the movies aren't as good. But, I mean, I loved the old ones, you know, Pulp Fiction and... Uh, you know, I was asked this sort of the same question. If you were trapped on an island with a movie, what would it be? And I, and I said Reservoir Dogs. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm a fan of those old movies. But then, man, when you get into Inglorious Bastards, maybe a close second. That movie is so good, you know. Uh, we, had a, we had a bumble and a fumble. Uh, <laughs> did I tear the whole setup? We'll, we'll find out. Yeah, it's... Uh, I was introduced to Quentin Tarantino and I didn't even know it. Like I watched Jackie Brown mm-hmm. and I didn't even look at the credits and, uh, I watched uh, kill bill volume two, the four one for whatever reason, wasn't even aware. And then I, I get to hanging out with this like movie junkie. Right. And like just sitting over at my house and like, I don't have a huge collection of movies. But, like, if I like a film, I'll go out and, like, personally buy it. Yep. And I had, like, two Tarantino movies. And he's like, I didn't know you was a Tarantino fan. And I was like, who? <laughs> and then, and then like, I go and watch, like, Reservoir Dogs or, you know, like, Pulp Fiction and, like, even up to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the thing about that film was I liked it the first time I saw it. And I've probably watched it over a dozen times now. It's grown on me so much. It's one of... It's, it's almost like probably my second favorite Tarantino. I think my favorite Tarantino is, gosh, that's tough, but it's probably Inglorious Bastards. Yep. That's such a good one, man. I mean, that, that whole thing, and it's, I mean, I really liked uh, Django. Django was great. Yep. Uh, what about. Uh, Let's talk about music. Uh, we've talked about your influences with Tom Petty and like we, we got a little uh, Pantera action. Like, uh, who, if you, if you listen to music today, who were you listening to? Um, I still listen to a lot of the same music that I listened to growing up, you know? So I, I still, it's so, it's funny that comfort music to me is that like 80s punk and thrash stuff you know and so i yeah. i i'd listen to that stuff pretty frequently but i also let spotify kind of be my guide a little bit you know we're in this cool time where i remember when i was a kid i used to judge i mean there were a few albums that i bought just based on the album cover you know i thought if they made it if they took the time to make the album cover look good maybe the record would be good and sometimes it's risky and it's it doesn't pan out, but a lot of times it does. But the cool thing about Spotify is that there's no real investment in it. You know, I mean, Spotify recommends something to me and I, I see an album cover that I like that I think is cool and I'm going to give it a listen. And so, you know, you hear so many cool bands that way. So I just kind of, a lot of times I'll go in these like wormholes, you know. I feel that, man. Uh, that's that's kind of the same with my Spotify and like Spotify has really gotten good with their algorithms because I used to use Pandora. Like Pandora was my favorite music app. And, but the thing about it is if you start liking or harding, I don't remember their algorithm on that, but 
what, however that look, if you start liking, like, let's just say we were listening to Tom Petty and I like three Tom Petty songs. Well, that is going to be Tom Petty radio. Yeah. And like Spotify is really good about like, not like if you go down a wormhole, it's going to be, it might be a while before you hear the same artist again. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that because like, Okay, I want to like this song because I want them to know that I like this. But oh my God, they are going to wear Tom Petty out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I am like you. I do still do the thing where I'll I'll listen to a bunch of things, and when I stumble on something that I hear that really resonates with me, I'll still go buy it. I'm a big vinyl person. Oh, so. I am too. And that, that's something here at the bar is uh, this place started out as an apothecary. Like I could. I'll show you the room. I don't know if you can. I got the thing set on blur, but you see all those empty bottles and things that are blurred. Yeah. It's like we fill those up with beard oils and balms and uh, we make all this stuff in house. I mean, we have the buckets and the, you know, the stuff to make it here. And uh, we go out to these art festivals and make it. And when COVID hit, it was uh, Munson. Uh, okay. This business is not going to survive. So we turned it into, a beer garden slash outside music venue slash vinyl shop. Yep. And so it was like, it's quite the hybrid and uh, I love it. And it, it really helped me as like some of the guys I run with now. And it's kind of like, I'm a vinyl junkie now because they are too. It, it's, it truly is a superior way to listen to music. And I'm not trying to be a nerd about it, but like there really is nothing like a vinyl record. Yeah. And for me, man, it just always go back. It goes back to that sort of artwork nerd in me. I mean, the, the I like vinyl because of how it sounds, but I will say the biggest reason why I like it so much is it sort of forces you to listen. It's so interactive. You know, you got to put on the record player, put the needle on it, let it go. You know, and I sit there and thumb through, you know, album art and all that kind of stuff. Get up, flip it over, you know, mm -hmm. it's. You know, Spotify and all that kind of stuff is, it becomes very background, but I think a a record sort of forces you to be engaged. It's more of an experience. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, I, I believe his living room is incredible. And uh, I have a room at my house set up this way. As you know, like most people will uh, line all the furniture up to where it's facing the television. Mm-hmm. Uh, his room is lined up facing each other, and there's no TV, but at the entertainment center is a record player. Yeah. And so, like, if you're over there to hang out, it's like watching TV. He's going to put the record on, and then you're going to sit back and listen to that record. And either, you know, you're having a conversation, but yeah. that record is the main event. Yeah. And it, it, it very much is that experience. It's like, if I pulled, you know... Brandon's music up on Spotify. It's like it might end up in a playlist, but if I intentionally put your record on, I'm going to listen to it start to finish. And there's a beauty in that. Oh yeah, it, it, sure. it treats it. It treats it more as what that body of work was meant. It's meant to be taken that way. Yep. I mean, that's me, man. These the records that I own. Those things I know them front to back. You know. Yep. So. And it's crazy because I can walk up to a record and be like, "Oh, you want track two? Nowhere to go." Yeah, you know, just line that needle down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, man, I, I really appreciate uh, you coming on the show. Last question to walk it out the door is just remind people where they can go and follow you 
on social medias. Uh, plug your YouTube channel. I really, I really like the work that y'all have done on there. Well, thank you. It's uh, YouTube is youtube.com forward slash Brandon Callies, and then all the other social medias are the same. It's all forward slash Brandon Callies or at Brandon Callies. Well, right on, man, dude. Uh, thank you so much for your time. I would love to have you on again. Uh, I got a music festival in April. If you ain't doing nothing, come to Alabama. Hey, man. Uh, it's uh, ain't nothing but twenties, but fresh air and opportunity. So, <laughs> uh, if you're interested, uh. Holler at me about that. Um, other than that, dude, take care until I speak with you again, okay? All righty, man. Take care, man. Bye. Didn't even think to try to get a hold of myself. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.